Don't Skip This One is a music podcast. Music is played and then the host and or guest talk about it. It's really not very complicated. Don't overthink it. The music and the talking may be explicit. The jokes and the bits will be dumb. What's up, fellow music nerds? Welcome to the episode about how deals with demons have been portrayed in music. And joining me to talk about demonology is an expert in the field, a musician who recently released an album about it. Kevin Bessie, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I don't know that I'm an expert in demonology, though. Ah, but you just released an album about making, so clearly you're, I mean, you're an expert, right? Okay, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. You make an album about something, you're suddenly an expert. You're suddenly an expert, and I think that's how that works. Um, yeah. So like Coldplay, they released their album Scientist, right? So they're all scientists now. Yeah, but yeah, they all have PhDs, I guess. Yeah. I, that's what they're claiming. Um, like I could release an album that's called uh, Very Opinionated About Music, and that would be true because that's what i am so true um okay sorry i'm getting i'm getting ahead of myself uh kevin bessie is a singer songwriter from vegas who recently re- released an album called giovanni it was october 5th of this year is that right yep and um that's your fourth album along with a few singles and eps i didn't go through and count them um oh, but i know that there was a few you are also in a band, you produce music, and I, I think you got a music review YouTube, uh-huh. and I don't even, I can't even begin to list. You got quite a few stuff going on. Do you want to, do you want to tell us about all your many projects? I think you covered most of it. Uh, yeah, I produce music both alone and in a production duo with Harley Swisher. Uh, that's called Jack Jack, and... Okay. We're just starting that out. Uh, I also have that band, Astral Tree. I produce for a few different groups. And I also have that YouTube review channel, reaction channel. I mainly just do that to promote my own music. Because no. I I was looking at like Submit Hub and places like that where there were influencers who'd say, oh, I have, you know, I get a thousand people to watch a video like send me your music and pay me money and I'll put it up. And I was yeah. like, how about I just get a thousand views on YouTube myself? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, better than paying someone, I'll just promote my own music on my own channel. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Um, definitely a cost saving. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't, uh, you don't have to go into this, if you don't want to, but I know Brady was a uh, Brady uh, manager. Well, quote manager of Cody uh, Dak uh, came on the podcast. He was telling me outside the podcast, he was telling me about a band you, or your brother. I don't know if you, it's a considered, you consider it a band, but you and your brother do some like uh, parody songs about country. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I produce a parody country group called Billy Bob, but they're also the greatest country duo of all time. Oh, okay. They're known as... I produced Billy Bob Brothers Band, if you're talking about that. I, I, am I, don't, I don't know that it could be associated with myself or my brother. Uh, it's just a country duo, the greatest country duo of all time, in fact. 
They released oh. an EP this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Billy Bob's yeah. band. Check it out. Apparently one of the groups that Kevin uh, produces for and is definitely not in or his brother. Yeah, neither of us are definitely... We, neither of us are in it, for sure. That is... Like, there, there have been rumors. I've heard spurious rumors that I am part of Billy Bob and that Steven is part of Billy Bob. But, of course, those are unfounded. Well, I think I think you would know if you were in that, you know, like I'm not sure you're not sure if you're in it. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I'm not, though. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So one of my first questions uh, is like, how do you find time for all of your projects? You seem like you got a lot going on. Um, Are you just working day and night or how do you you get that done? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's pretty accurate. I think, I don't know how I do it. I just do it. I don't even think about whether it's crazy. I The yeah. thing is, part of it is that I look at groups like the Beatles, for example, uh-huh. who in like for a while there, they were releasing two to three albums a year. Yeah. Like in, in like a 365 day period, they released help rubber soul and revolver which are three yeah. phenomenal albums and yeah so, they're they're incredibly prolific they they john and uh paul wrote so much music together is it's a it's phenomenal to think about oh it's insane to think about and i view that and there's so many things that they didn't release you know we're we're just getting yeah. kind of what showed up but they wrote all these other songs that never saw the light of day. Yeah. So I look at my own efforts and I'm like, I'm just trying to keep up, you know, I don't even view it as I'm doing so much. I view it as I'm doing whatever I can to try to keep up with the greatest. That's fair. I mean, the Beatles are, a, they're a big aspiration, but it as like a good aspiration to shoot for. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think they're great. I mean, there are other groups who don't release as often, and yet I think they're still turning out great music. Right. I just feel like right now we're, we're living in a time when you have to kind of just be super on top of it if you want to make it. And I want to, I want to be, you know, a top artist in the industry. So I'm just trying to keep that work ethic going strong. There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, who are your musical inspirations? It sounds like maybe the Beatles, for one. I don't know about music, but at least work ethic-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I love their music as well. I mean, I think it's crazy not to love their music. Do you mean specifically on this song or this album or just Mm -hmm. in general? Let's talk. Okay, let's talk first your general musical aspirations inspirations and then after we listen to a song maybe we can talk a little bit about like what music specifically you inspired you for the album okay great so i love the band brand new and i love a lot of the bands in the emo movement like thrice chiodos drugs dashboard confessional so those kind of emo bands have really influenced me yeah I also love pop, though, you know, 
from right. K-pop bands like Big Bang and EXO to just normal pop icons like Taylor Swift, Sia, Kanye West, and so on, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think that's what I strive for most is kind of emo and pop. I also really like John Bellion, uh, Jack's Mannequin, and Andrew McMahon, everything Andrew McMahon does. Yeah. yeah. John okay. Mayer's great. I don't know if he's like a key influence, but I definitely really just like his stuff in general. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting to try and draw the line between your inspiration and your, like, what do you enjoy listening to? Yeah. I think also, what were you going to say? I was just saying that like, there's plenty of stuff that I listen to that I would not say influences like music that I write. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and there are certain people I try to, just like deep dive into because i think they're great and figure out what kind of makes them tick people like you know paul mccartney who has all these great interviews where he talks about songwriting max martin rick rubin linda perry so they're kind of more industry types but i i love them still definitely i i've been watching the uh documentaries about Beatles and there's one on Netflix and one on who oh no wait no one on Disney Disney and one on Hulu I was flipping back and forth between them last night they're so interesting I mean they offhandedly said at one point uh Paul said me and John have like a hundred songs from before the Beatles got popular that we could just pull out it's um yeah they're I could, I could, well, I got to stop myself because I could talk about the Beatles for forever. So I um, could too, and I love that yeah. documentary. I love when they just like pull out one after nine oh nine, and they just start discussing it, and then like you know rebuilding it, and then they do the same with two of us. It, it's yeah. so interesting. I it's, that's it. The Disney Plus documentary is phenomenal. It is. They're incredible. They the fact that they could just I mean as songwriting partners, Paul and John like. I don't know if there's an equal to them being able to bounce back and forth that quickly and just build a song. Yeah. There's one piece of advice I heard from Paul McCartney that I've recently started applying that draws, drives my co-writers insane, but I think it's genius. And that is that he recorded nothing while he was writing. Oh, interesting. So he doesn't have like a bunch of voice. He did it for a while. He'd re- record his voice, but then he just found yeah. he didn't use those. He would just use the songs that he could remember. And so him and John had this process where they would write a song one night. The next day, they'd go back to it. And if they couldn't remember it, they'd throw it away. That is, that is interesting. That is, yeah, that can, that definitely um, speaks to a certain type of person. Like I can see you. I can see I can see why that might drive people crazy, but it's also the approach I understand because I've heard Paul's quote so many times, like we were writing memorable songs because we needed to remember them, not because we wanted to be popular. It was like or something like that, I'm paraphrasing. But yeah. Um speaking of, how do you usually approach your songs? I mean, have you do you do like music first or lyrics? Um I'm guessing since you heard that 
advice. Maybe you don't record stuff as much, but yeah, I I've since recorded like one or two things. And when I do it, I'm just like, oh, this is stupid. I shouldn't do this, but I, I have done it. I have caved and I record yeah. when uh, I'm with a songwriter and they tell me you have to record this just cause I'm like, okay, whatever I'll record it. <laughs> um, but in general, I focus on top lines first and then I'll write the arrangement under the top line. Okay. And like the instrumental accompaniment and the top line will normally include like primary melody and lyrics. Right. And then I'll develop the production around the lyrics and melody that I've come up with. Okay. That's so generally that's how I work. Generally how you do it. Yeah. If I'm like producing for someone else, I will I'll like maybe like produce a beat and then send it their way. Or they'll like send me a beat and say, Hey, I want something similar to this. Put your own flair on it and I'll do that. So it just okay. depends. Right. Okay. On like clients and that in that respect it depends on clients. Yeah. But for your own music, you kind of start top line and then work your way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And normally I don't write a melody without words. You oh, know? Okay. So they normally come together for me most of the time. Although sometimes I'll, you know, write a melody and then match it to words, like find out words that will, will fit it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. I, I, I find myself, I think when I've done, when I've written music, it's usually, um, like you're saying, where the lyrics are often the, the melody comes with lyrics like hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very melody dependent. Like right. I won't stray from the melody for the sake of lyrics in my own writing. Okay. So like if a verse is a certain way, I won't change the syllable count to fit like what's going on in my head i'll change the words to fit the melody oh i see what you're saying okay yeah that's a little like it, that's a little deeper dive like songwriter type stuff though you know yeah no that's it's interesting because like you can definitely tell some artists um will break with that and i think i think it depends on how you do it if it's good if it turns out good or not you know? Yeah, I mean, I look at so Panic at the Disco's album uh Pray for the Wicked. The uh first single on that was Pray for the Wicked and it's a good song, but I did a little cover of it at one point and just an acoustic thing and I realized yeah. how poorly written the verses were. They were just like so sporadic and didn't make a lot of grammatical sense. And it I dawned see. on me, oh, he wasn't following kind of a set path with the melody there. Right. Okay. He was just kind of going. You're calling out Brendan Yuri. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, <laughs> the verses weren't well written. The choruses were phenomenal. I love the chorus of that song. I wanted to cover it. You know, it's great. Fair enough. Fair enough. And he has really good songwriters he works with, too. So I won't fault them. He has incredible songwriters on his team. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's great. Um, yeah, he put out some great pop for sure, and some great emo music too. Yeah, he's definitely um, been 
he's a uh, yeah he's a master of both genres his range is um phenomenal um, yeah for sure his range as an artist is incredible yeah uh what do you like about being this is kind of a hard left but i do am interested um what do you like and what don't you like about being an independent artist He's, you can answer either or first um one thing I like about being independent is that no one tells me anything. You know right. what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't have yeah. to worry about kind of being pigeonholed into a genre necessarily or being creatively hindered in any respect. That being said, I <clears throat> I would love to be part of a label. Like I am not opposed to that at all if i could find a label that was fair and willing to work with me i would totally totally sign that like i would take even some sacrifice to like some creative sacrifice to sign you know yeah because the opportunities in being able to do music as like a very serious career where you're making very serious money is more yeah. available through a label. And I guess that way you would be able to focus on music and maybe, um, I mean, talking about all your different projects, maybe be able to cut out some of them so you could focus more on music. You really, not that you're not passionate about your projects, but you know, I mean, like something going, focusing a little more on projects that you really, really care about. Yeah. And I mean, the connections would be invaluable as well. Like, I would love to be connected as a producer to more high-tier artists. As a songwriter, I think what yeah. appeals to me about being signed is being paired up with other artists. For example, I write a fair amount of country music that uh -huh. I will never release because the only country group I produce for is a parody country group like a comedy focused country group. So I will write serious, like honest to God country music. And I'm never going to record country music because I don't understand the genre. And I don't really enjoy listening to a lot of country music. So I couldn't okay. record country music in, in a very serious manner. E even looking at the Billy Bob project, you know, that's produced as more of a hyper pop synth pop project than it is as a country album. And yeah, it has it definitely has more synth pop feel than in, in the production than a necessarily straight country oh absolutely yeah it's yeah, it's saying. not pretending to be straight country in any like facet you know yeah it is the synth pop record with country parody on top of it for sure okay so one of the if i'm understanding right one of the um a something that appeals to you about being signed to a label would be being able to collaborate with people who could bring your songs to life. You're more interested as a songwriter than maybe as um, a solo artist. Yeah. I mean, as a solo artist, I would have to sign with a label who understands kind of my vision and is willing to work with that vision and kind of bring it to life and find good ways to market it. Right. Right. But as a an artist, as a songwriter and a producer, I 
would love to work with a label in order to, you know, collaborate with more artists. Absolutely. Okay. And kind of get yeah. more placements in that field. Okay. Yeah, it was interesting. I always love hearing people's thoughts about like pros and cons of independence. I, I think what's interesting for me is that I listen to a lot of anarchy, anarchic leaning punk, very leftist and um, don't sell out punk growing up. And so I had for a very long time, not anymore, but for a very long time, such a idea about labels being evil and bad. Um, and I don't feel that way anymore. I think it definitely depends. I think that there has been some very major examples of labels screwing over artists and, <laughs> and um, projects. There's pro I can't think of a specific example, but I feel like there's just always projects that are like, man, that would have been better if the label had handled it better or if they had been, maybe been able to do it independently. But um, I mean, labels also record labels also like connect songwriters to many artists like you're talking about. And they're also, I, I mean, their main purpose was, is to take the business away from the artists so they can focus on creativity. If it's done well, that's kind of what the record label is for. And then hopefully not take all of your money in the meantime. So. Well, I feel like some of those examples too, like some of the older examples like the Beatles, for example, who definitely got screwed in their original uh, record label deal. Right. They, so, so they just got screwed. Like there's no if, ands, or buts. But in a more recent example, like TLC, for example, uh -huh. you have an, a group who, A, they wouldn't have made it to that point without a label right. at all. And B, a lot of their woes in terms of business were about things that they could have interfered with. Like the label was taking money f to pay uh, dancers and to pay other participants in their live show mm -hmm. out of their royalties. And the and TLC should have known, oh, we have to be more financially intelligent and responsible when it comes to our shows. If we want this yeah. to last, we have to be prudent. I mean, that's fair. I will say to defend TLC, I don't know much about the TLC specific, right. but just as a devil's advocate here, I mean, a lot of these artists get signed very young and when a lot of them are not coming from a financially like they're not not coming up financially smart yeah they're not yeah. financially literate for sure yeah it, and it's a problem it's something i think i mean obviously i want to campaign for artist rights in terms of labels for sure i'm in favor of that but also yeah. i would campaign for financial literacy among artists yeah i think a lot of people could do with some financial literacy that uh, that it, it is kind of sad seeing like sports stars and stuff too where people are like 
it's like, oh, you spent all your money and now you're just doing this. Like, what am I trying to say? You know, just sports stars and young musicians were like, well, you blew all your money. Like, I don't feel bad for you because you should have known. But like when you're 18, you don't know. Like when I I was 18, I should say, like, if I had been given a million dollars, yeah, I'd be gone by the end of the year for sure. I don't think I was financially smart at 18. Yeah. Um, So it's it's a yeah it's a problem there's tons of problems the industry in general but at the same time like some of these artists you know they're not going to make it if they don't sign with a label yeah yeah that's very hard to make things independent like pure independent it's the catch catch 22 of the rec of the record industry like your or music industry i should say not record industry but um it's like you're not really gonna they, uh, yes independents make it but like if you try and go it alone oftentimes you're not going to make it big no because you don't have that push okay i want to get more into the song the album um maybe as a preference for the song i know i said before we talk about this after but let's talk about like inspiration behind the album before we get into the song okay um but what was i guess in that question, I want to know, like, musical inspiration. Did you have a specific musical inspiration for it? And then, um, like, the idea, the concept behind it, which you can explain, but um, I'm interested in knowing the inspiration as well. Okay. So, in understanding this album, I think it's necessary to understand the album that preceded it, okay. which is Popra. So, Popra was a project where I took opera songs and turn them into pop songs. Uh, okay. Not directly. I I can never remember the, the word for this. Interpolate. That's it. I interpolated okay. melodies and pieces of melodies from operas into new songs. Right? Right. And so after doing that, I had some songs left over. And I had some things I still wanted to do. And I had thought of this kind of... Con- and I'd been researching a lot of... Uh, musical and Disney songs to better understand kind of what made them tick. And so I used that kind of combination of thought to create a story album based on some of these melodies that I had taken from opera pieces, you know, and they're just pieces of uh, melodies. They're not, full things necessarily you know i'll just right. take like a do 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 <coughs> which is from all that you wanted like that was just a small piece of the opera faust just a very slight melody and that's all i took and then i developed mm-hmm. everything else from that so okay that was one inspiration another is was a rule that i'd set for myself and it's something i like to do for my own work is to set a production rule. So with Giovanni, my production rule was to have the songs in general be stripped to verse, bass, and vocals whenever possible. Okay. So those were kind of like the driving factors. And then there's, of course, the story which is, you know, this man who makes a deal with the devil 
And one thing that always bugged me about the Faustian myth is that Faust is always seen as kind of this hero in the end. When I think in reality, if you made a deal with the devil, you turn out more like a Don Juan or a Don Giovanni. And so, yeah, yeah. And so I decided to fuse that story a little more to make it where, you know, your Faustian character, instead of being a hero and someone who made a deal with the devil but has to overcome it and like get out of the deal, is a Don Giovanni where they make a deal with the devil and then they treat people terribly and they get thrust down to hell. Okay. Your idea going into it was this main character is going to be um, villain number one, and they're going, they're going to get their uh, justice at the end. Right. I, I wanted a, a corrupt, a corrupted protagonist. Okay. I think it lent itself to some interesting because I've listened to um, most of your albums. I think it's all of them. I just can't remember for sure, <laughs> but okay. I, I like listening to most of them. Uh, like you said, it's it's very poppy and some emo, um, but this one kind of stands out from your other albums, um, where like because you're portraying this villainous character, um, or at least, or at least like, um, I don't know, antagonist. Um, because you're portraying that like it's very it's it's darker it's not necessarily like super dark i guess i don't um but it's it's in comparison to your own work it's darker and it's it was it was interesting for me i really liked the direction you went with it which is kind of why i wanted to talk about it with you great yeah no i it's i'm it might be my favorite album that i've come out with i really enjoy it i think it's an incredibly interesting like work oh, that's great. you know yeah and i i don't know if that sounds weird coming from an artist who like made their own stuff but i i really enjoyed this one i don't think so i think a stigma that we need to break is that like you shouldn't I, my uh my favorite one of my favorite jokes about this is um donald glover i don't know if you've seen his stand-up but i have seen the special yeah, so the when he's talking about like he's listening to the song in the car so that he can hear it in different types of speakers and stuff, and the girl's like, "You listen to your own music?" It's like you wouldn't do that to a sandwich artist. Like they come home, make a sandwich, and like getting real big, aren't we? Right. Like, uh, I like it, you know, you should be able to enjoy your music. In fact, if you don't enjoy your own music, like why are you? Why are you making it? Why are you making it? I don't know. That's me, I guess. No, um, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's good. I, being agreed with is better sometimes. Uh, okay, let's listen, to, let's listen to the song and then we'll uh, talk more about this specific song. Um, I picked... So this is the first one, right? Yep, all, all that you wanted. wanted. Okay. So the first one off the album of intro to everything is All That You Wanted by Kevin Bessie. So let's play it now. Have you ever felt this burning desire? 
tells you you're the king of the moment These moments won't last forever So let's take full advantage of every motion Okay, so that was all that you wanted with Kevin Bessie Who we have here on the podcast um, I'll have... I'll have you go first on this. These two questions, I try and answer about every song, and then I'll talk about kind of what I liked about it. So, great. Um, so, the first one, and I'll just reiterate the kind of the concept behind why you, is it skipping. What I mean by that is like a really important song. If it's on shuffle, not necessarily albums, because I know a lot of people like to listen to albums itself. But like, if it's on shuffle, you're on a road trip. And you're maybe skipping a few what's um and you're like why shouldn't you skip this one what's what's the what's good about it so i would say you shouldn't skip it because it's beautiful fair it's a it beautiful, beautiful piece of music <laughs> it has a really good sequencing and yeah that's it that's it's just it. beautiful What's your what's your favorite lyric? I mean, you wrote all of them, so you probably like a lot of them. But is there some that you like more than others, or particularly enjoy? Um, I would say I really like. I, I don't get as attached to lyrics sometimes. I mean, with some songs, I really like specific lyrics. In this yeah. song, there's not like one lyric that really stands out but there's a musical moment that really stands out okay and that's at the end of the second chorus going into the outro when uh it's like the let down your guarded ways and take a rest and take uh. a moment like that going from the second chorus to the and take a moment to take your shoes off i love that transition i think it's just so it sounds so cool and so sweet i know a lot of people like the mephistopheles call out from yeah. the second verse to the second chorus i've talked to a lot of people who say like that's their favorite part of the song but that's my favorite part is going into the outro because i know what's about to come in that outro and i know the build that happens and kind of the yeah. soothing feeling that comes through it yeah well i actually wrote down let down your guarded ways and take a rest as part of my favorite lyrics so and that's definitely a very good um section of the song um i really like that as well um if i'm talking why you shouldn't skip this one uh a few things you did uh to build this kind of aura of you're talking to a demon right now you, you kind of used some vocal effects that were a little uh, like i called them haunting and just kind of, you know, a little, uh, it's like evil sounds. I don't know if, it, 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 for me, it just, and the screeching sounds that you added, um, I don't know what, was that, is that like an instrument or like, no, it's no. a vocal. It's those screeching, mm -hmm. uh, that begins. Yep. That's, those are vocals. Their vocals that's how uh, they're manipulated vocals yeah i mean they i mean it creates like this platform of unease but mm -hmm. your your voice itself 
like when it's not being a, uh, without the vocal effects and the, all the screeching sounds and stuff, like if you're just listening to the voice, it's, it's like enticing, which is yeah. kind of, uh, I mean, you're, you're building this story of you're in a, you're making a deal with the demon, like you're in a demon's lair almost. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, deals with demons since the whole episode is going to be about it just quickly here. Um, this is based on the original Faustian legend. Um, that is the literary beginning of deals with demons. And it even contain, contains the same demon, like you shouted out, Mephistopheles. Oh, I say that one wrong. Um, I spell it wrong all the time. Oh, yeah. I had Google correct me like multiple times. Um, uh, but what I thought was interesting, because I like had never really thought about this because it's so ubiquitous in culture about it's like deals with demons or it's not like accepted as a fact that happens, but like stories about it are so widespread. Um, and but the, the Bible contains no references as, as far as I'm aware to being able to make a deal with the demon direct like a deal for your soul there's plenty of like enticing to do like temptation i guess just temptation to sum up but there's no like i will give you this grand reward for your soul sort of thing in the bible um you you can find one or two things where the devil's trying to make a deal with someone like with jesus he tries to make a deal that's true i guess it's kind of a deal that he's trying to strike Mm mm-hmm um but it's not like it's not explicit i guess is what i'm saying yeah that, for sure it's not explicit. something you can that and it's especially it's not explicit that that's just something you can do like right. that's not in the bible um instead it comes from just these christian traditions blending with european cultural traditions um that existed prior to the introduction of christianity and just wild tales during the dark ages i know as i was doing a little research on it like one of the earliest uh legends or myths about it was one of the popes was apparently made a deal with the devil to um be able to be really smart was the basis of it but um when in reality he just studied a lot but is it was, it is very interesting to read that and realize like what you know, there's not actually like a Bible story of like, I'm going to sell my soul to the devil. Um, instead, it like begin, it begins before Faust, but like Faust is the first like book of like literary work about. Right. He made a deal with the demon. Right. Um, and the original Faust is making a deal with the devil to get magic. Is that what it is? I, mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, I didn't do enough research to find out what the deal was for. Yeah, no. So the original deal is a magic deal. And then the opera deal, because there's an opera about the Faustian legend, is a deal for women. Oh, I see. To get like back youth and to get women. Okay. And yours is about the character is is to get women, right? The... Yeah. Yeah, that's his. So I based it off the opera. And then when he beco- makes that deal to get women, he becomes this epitome of Don Juan or Don Giovanni. I see. Which makes sense. You were saying like, this is based on 
or this comes from your Papra album and, and using opera ideas and morphing them into pop. So it makes sense that you base yours on the opera rather than the literary work. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so I, I agreed with you about the let down your guarded ways and take a rest. Uh, really quick, another one is when you said uh, the the line, each folly of your flesh. Oh, I like I the that. alliteration. It's it's a good, I don't know, it's just a good phrase. Um, but the let down your guarded ways and take a rest. What I liked about that is um, for me, it was like, you know, if you let yourself relax and like not work at being good and i i feel cautious saying that because some people like overwork themselves but like if you completely let yourself go like that's it's easy to be evil i guess is what i'm trying to say like whatever whatever your version of evil is i don't want people to subscribe to um think i'm talking christianity or anything just like whatever you define as evil like that's it's it's usually easier like you have to work at being good so when you're saying let down your guarded ways take a rest it's like yeah come down to my level take the easy way sell your soul and become a um a don don one Don yeah, Giovanni. Don Juan, a Don Giovanni. Yeah, that an op- I I don't know the origins of that phrase. I know what it is, but it's, is that also from an opera? Don Juan or Don Giovanni? I guess either one. Don Giovanni is Don Juan. I, I mean, and Don Giovanni was written as an Italian version of the Spanish Don Juan story. So, oh, I see. So okay. it's the same thing, like. That's why I say a Don Juan or Don Giovanni because some people are more familiar with the literary Don Juan than they are with the operatic Don Giovanni. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts about kind of the song. Yeah. I think Uh, that's interesting. And I think that's kind of something I was intending to get across with this song is that the, like, the devil isn't necessarily this he is an evil creature for sure like that's how he's been portrayed and that's how i believe he is right but he's not going to always seem evil you know he could seem really gentle and loving and oh come with me like it'll all be all right like even though it's twisted he could come off as charismatic and sincere yeah yeah that's 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 a good um point and you i think you're i think it does a good job of that um especially all that you wanted yeah um uh did you play any instruments on the album i know you say like you do a lot of production i don't know what your production looks like if you just kind of grab sounds or if you do instruments a little um, both a little both okay. yeah so there was some guitar and some bass that i played on the songs and then like all the synth parts and bass synth parts and drums i programmed or played you know so okay. 
and then all the and, vocals I did, except for there were some female vocals on all that she wanted. And then, of course, I didn't sing La Donne Mobile with a full, you know, orchestra. That was a sample. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Dre did, uh, your friend Dre did some vocals, didn't she? Oh, she did do some vocals. I forgot about that. Yeah, she did the, uh, she did the talking overlay on Elvira. That's right. Couldn't remember what song, but yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Dre. I think we mentioned her last episode. Yeah, she also helped a lot with the art for this, her and Levi Garcia. And so I really appreciate both of them. They've been incredible to work with and they are phenomenal artists. Yeah, I love her work. She does great work. I've seen, I mean, she does work for you. She also did a lot for um, uh, Cody as well, Dak. Yeah. 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 Um, And Levi too. Levi did the outlaw drawing and pandemic oh yeah that's oh uh, yeah i think i did know that yeah he's great so, uh leva and drake check them out i don't know their handles offhand but i if you look at if you look it up i'm sure you figure it out yeah i mean if you follow me at km Basay, uh you'll see lots of art that i've posted of theirs and i tag them in it so you can find it okay. fair enough I think Dre um, is dearest Drea. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, for the production, so I guess we maybe talked over this, but just um, did you do the production for everything, or um, did you get help on production on any songs for this album? I'm trying to remember if I got any help with production. I don't think I did on this one. I okay. did on Popra. Um, okay. Yeah, Harley helped me out with a couple tracks on that. But this one, I got advice from friends. So, you know, just doing the notes process. But right. I didn't get any, like, direct production assistance. No. Okay. Fair enough. You did very well. Thank you. Um, okay. Now, the big question that we've all been waiting for, how do you respond to comments saying that you lack authenticity oh. when you're coughing? Um, because as, as Dak explained in his, his first, uh, in his interview with me, you, you said that you fake coughed on one of your tracks on this album, whereas he did a real sneeze. That was, that was a legit sneeze. That is true. It was a legit sneeze. And it is true that my cough was faked. However, I would point out something. Which one sounds better? In my opinion, I think the cough sounds better than the sneeze in its context. The funny thing is when I heard it here first, folks, Kevin is saying that Cody sneezes terribly. Like it does, he doesn't sound good when he sneezes, and it, and it, and he coughs better than he fake coughs better than Dak real sneezes. Man, this is some some serious beef going on in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I love Cody. I love 
the stuff he does. I'm a huge fan of his music and we work together on a song under the mistletoe, which is perfect to listen to right now. Christmas time. Yay. Nice so with that cough specifically, I initially coughed for real because that was a new rapping style I was trying out. Uh -huh. And when I did it for full verse, I just had a bunch of, you know, phlegm built up in my throat and I just started coughing and I couldn't even like finish the verse because I just started coughing. And then oh, I realized, I oh man, that's a really cool place to cough. But I didn't like the sound of my cough, like the real cough in the microphone. So I redid it to something that I thought sounded better and that fit the vibe better. So, yeah, I don't remember. I don't recall which song in particular, which one. Is it's on one? La Dona. It's the second song. It's at the end of the first verse. Okay, everyone, go listen. Decide for yourselves and then go listen to Outlaw afterwards. Compare. Let us know. Um, I don't. Let me see. I have an Instagram. There we go. That's how you can let me know. Uh, don't skip this one. Uh, all one. Obviously, all one word. No underscores or anything. Uh, yeah, listen to both. Let us know what you think. That's Kevin responding to his authenticity and coughing. Um, I don't I think authenticity in general in music matters as much as what sounds good. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's just my general view toward music in general. So like... That is your opinion. If, You're entitled to it. Like certain tracks, real drums make a lot of sense. And certain tracks, fake drums sound cooler. Okay. I see what you're saying. You know? Sometimes electronic can be a little bit better. Yeah. I think I think you're right that it, in certain, um, like, they can sound better. Excuse me. Um, so that's my response, though. Screw Cody. Screw Brady for defending Cody. The cough is superior. Cough is superior. All right, man. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> if he goes, how it goes down on the on the fiery comments of "Don't skip this one." That I think has a rousing thirty plays overall. Ten episodes. I don't know. This might be the. Oh no, this is just the ninth episode. We'll grow. We'll grow. Man. Yeah, man. There's so many comments. I just can't even keep track of them. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i don't care this is a hobby um I no no, no. we're no we're gonna make it bigger man i want i want your i like your podcast format i listened to the episodes with cody and brady and i like both of them a lot so ah thanks man yeah i mean i like it i i it's something that i felt like i wanted to, i i that i would listen it was something i would listen to like i was saying with music like you should make music that you want to listen to like i wanted to listen to a podcast that talked about music and played music and luckily it was like right after spotify came out with this app free advertising i guess for spotify anchors app it's, um that, that you can play the song and it gives credit to the artist and yeah. uh in between everything kind of cool yeah i'm gonna promote the heck out of this episode for sure i'll probably oh, talk okay. about it both on youtube and on instagram so well there you go um yeah. what is the next well actually um maybe i'll save it you can shout out your next your upcoming big thing at the end but i did want to um 
because I didn't have time to really <laughs> look into it. Uh, but you, I noticed you were calling out some Michael Bublé as well. Not to, yeah. not yeah. to get too many of your beefs in the one podcast, but I just want to know maybe what that was about. Well, so Michael, so I released a song two uh -huh. years ago called Christmas Sweater. Or maybe okay. it was three years ago. Three years ago. Jeez, time flies. Yeah. So I released a song called Christmas Sweater, and it was about wearing an ugly Christmas sweater to a party and having a girl just get pissed off at you because your sweater's ugly, right? That's the – it's a fun, funny song, and it's cute, and people yeah. love it. And then Mr. Buble, <clears throat> the infamous Michael, decides okay. that he – wants to come out with his own Christmas sweater song, completely steals my concept. All about wow. ugly Christmas sweaters. Yeah. Wow. So screw Mike. Yeah. Mikey. Well, I'd have to say, I support you on this one. Let's screw Michael Buble. Screw Michael Buble. If he, if he wants to come on the podcast and respond, <laughs> obviously I would let him. But screw you, man. You screw you, him. Michael Buble. Screw you. you. You stole Kevin's song idea. Also, his song sucks. I don't know if you've listened to it, but it it sucks. It's the worst Christmas song he's ever put out. I haven't. And to be honest, I don't think I've heard yours. I will listen to yours after this. Um, but uh, Don't listen to his. That's for yeah, sure. I'm not going to compare it and see how terrible it is and be like, actually, Kevin's is better. You might be surprised because, you know, Michael Buble has some stuff, but screw Michael Buble. Yeah. Yeah. Screw that guy. And his yeah. other, and that song in particular, I will not, I um, probably am not brave enough to say that his other songs suck because he has some great songs. But oh, I love my that one, that one he stole, and that's not okay. Yeah. Stealing He's is wrong. Thief and a liar. And I don't trust the man. I would work with the man absolutely. Not gonna say I wouldn't work with him. I would absolutely work with him. Love it. Please hit me up. But screw you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that is um, that's kind of all the questions I have. Like I said, uh, you can tell us about maybe any uh, projects you got in mind. I know you just released a Christmas song as well. Yes. Um, celebration. Celebration. Uh, Very need... Christmas song. Okay, I need to check it out as well. You said it was Jesus-y? Yeah, it's not like... It's more just, you know, how, like, certain Christmas songs have more of a Jesus focus, like a nativity focus, you know? Oh, yeah, I get you. I, yeah. I was just making sure that's what you said. Yeah. Uh, so that I couldn't hear for a minute. Um, yeah, that's correct. Okay, well, now that we've talked about a Jesus-y Christmas song, let's talk more about deals with demons. Um, so I had some songs, you had some songs uh, that you suggested um and i want to go through um i think I, I sent you the list so next up we are going to talk about I, I mean this one comes came to mind immediately because i think it's a very classic example of deal with the devil um the devil went down to georgia by the charlie daniels band great um, it's a great song uh let's listen to it and then dive on in
never went down to Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I was about to say action. This isn't a movie. I don't know. Edit now. Uh, okay, that was The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band. I know nothing else from their discography, but this is great. <laughs> um, I, I would say probably most people only know this song, but but it's a great song. Um, okay, I brought this one to the table. Uh, I'll, so I'll give kind of my answers first. Um, first of all, it's a fantastic example of storytelling and music. Um, there's, I mean, straightforward, I guess, storytelling music. Uh, I feel like Johnny Cash boy named sue is a good example of like really good clear storytelling although that one's more talking than it is singing but like i don't know it's just the story is clear and sometimes people try to tell a story with music and it's not clear and this if you're looking for an example definitely look at this one um that is Another point about why you shouldn't skip this one. This is actual good fiddle playing. Um, fantastic fiddle playing by everyone. Um, Both the then, devil and the and the competitor of the devil. Yeah. Okay. Here's a here's something I tweeted this, but not I will repeat this often. The def, definitely the devil shell showed more technical skill. Okay, he's faster. And at one point, there's like two violins playing, but it's all the devil. So right. in my opinion, Johnny owes the devil a soul. I get that his was like more melodic and a little bit, it's supposed to be like easier to listen to, quote, unquote. I mean, they think they're both great. But um, I, in technical skill alone, I would say that the devil definitely showed, showed Johnny up. That is my opinion. So I'm going to disagree with you, and here's why. Okay, go ahead. I go think ahead. I think you're right in the idea that the devil showed more technical skill, but I would say that that is not the most important thing in music. Okay. I would say having good melodies matters more than technical skill. That's fair. I guess I'm just literal reading the fiddle player being a good fiddle player as being more technical but you have a point it could be who plays a better fiddle as 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 in um not just technical but also melodic sounding i will agree to disagree on that okay but that's i mean that's why we're here it's, it's a discussion um and i stand by my fact that that Johnny owes the devil a soul. Uh, also, it's uh, I love the song. It's also the worst deal for a soul ever. Uh, for a golden fiddle, I don't think I don't think gold is a very good conductor <coughs> for music, is it? I don't think. No. I mean, it's. I guess it. I guess it would be like some money, but yeah, you melt it down and get some money. But like as a fiddle itself, I mean, it's. No, thank you. I'm not going to give you my soul for a, a golden fiddle. That's terrible. Well, I don't think Johnny was worried about his soul. 
You don't think so? No, because I think Johnny was incredibly confident in his skills as a fiddle player. He is, I mean, he is pretty confident. I would say one of the more confident people I've ever heard of. Yeah, and I feel like that's what makes this song interesting is that in a lot of the deal with the devil type songs, you know, like in All That You Wanted, you have, and in the Faustian tradition, you have these characters that go to the devil because they need something, because they're insecure about something, because they need to improve. Whereas Johnny, he didn't need to improve. He just wanted to compete. That's true. It is a less of a deal. and more, Well, I mean, there's a deal aspect, but it's, it's more of a competition than it is a straight deal for soul for something. Right. That's fair. Yeah, it, it is an interesting take on the deal with the devil um, motif. Uh, my favorite lyric um, it's if, since I was a child and probably when I was a child it was because it was a bad word but even even as a grown person the, my favorite thing about the song lyrically is the way he says I done told you once you son of a bitch I'm, I'm the best there's ever been it's That's a great line that is it a is great a line. great line it That's is a fantastic a line. line I mean it sums up it sums up the confidence that you were talking about yeah. um, that, that, that Johnny has. He's just, man, I told you I'm the best there's ever been. And I showed you that I am. And anytime you want to like try as hard as you can devil who is this mythical creature of evil or, well, I mean, people believe in him. I'm, I'm not saying he's not real. <laughs> but I guess I'm thinking too much. I'm thinking too much. I'm overthinking this. But anyways, he's like, you large evil creature, come on back. I'm not scared at all. It's great. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what did you like? Did you have a favorite lyric other than that one? No, but I agree with you in the general storytelling. I think is phenomenal in this song. You know, there it's just it's a good narrative. Yeah, it's a good little folk tale. I think sure. the next song on your list has even better storytelling. Oh, okay. Well, you did bring it to the table, so right. I'll let you I would say, uh, yeah, I feel like the next song it has one of the better told stories as well in it i don't know that the the story is good but the story is well told <laughs> okay fair enough i think this uh, one is a good story though it, there's like there's kind of a bad mentality you know it sets up like a country mythos really well yeah all right yeah let's let's go ahead and listen to the next one um unless you have more to say about devil went down to georgia nah man let's listen to tribute all right, tribute by Tenacious D. Uh, let's go ahead and play that. And cut.
right. So that was Crossroad Blues by Robert Johnson. Uh, you suggested, well, you kind of, there's been multiple covers of the song. Um, yep. and you suggested like doing any one of them. So yep. uh, you want to talk a little bit about the song in general, what it means to you, what's good about it? Yeah. So I love this song because it's the original like modern music allusion to a deal with the devil because there was a myth about Robert Johnson that he had made a deal with the devil. That's why he always played in graveyards. Like that's where he always practiced in graveyards. And the myth was that he'd gone down to these crossroads and made a deal with the devil. And it has become like this blues mythos legend that people talk about, you know, Yeah. where they say whenever crossroads are mentioned in rock, it's talking about like a deal with the devil because of Robert Johnson. You know, so, yeah, just a genius individual, phenomenal guitarist. Did he make a deal with the devil? I don't know. I also noticed that in your list, you have uh, something from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And the character in that is based on Robert Johnson, the guitarist in that movie. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Wait, something in my list has... Yeah, you have a uh, man of constant sorrow. Oh, not on mine. Oh, isn't it? Maybe it's just showing up on mine. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's showing up not, on mine. Maybe it's, it's... Not supposed to be on there. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> Spotify just added a bunch of things to your list then. Uh-huh. But it makes sense that they would add it because it's. Uh... Yeah, it, I mean it's. A direct reference. Yeah, actually, I hadn't thought about that before, but I just, when you said that, um, remembering Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, it's like a direct, it's like pretty much just Robert Johnson in a movie. Yeah, Uh, a portrayal of Robert Johnson. A portrayal, yeah, a portrayal of Robert Johnson. Yeah, I love that. um, This is kind of, like, what I read is, like, this song in particular, Crossroad Blues, is the start of the mythos that he made a deal with the devil because he doesn't explicitly say anything in the lyrics like I made a deal with the devil but he said he went to a crossroads which has been in a I don't know if it's America specific but like um, crossroads is, is where you would go to make a deal with the devil right and like you said, because Robert Johnson has become ubiquitous and like um, like Crossroads is almost uh, uh, synonymous with with devil or deals with devils. Like, and, and he is, I mean, it's one of the, what I wrote is that it's one of the best blues songs by one of the best guitarists. Um, I mean, he's got other songs that I also really love, but this one is fantastic as we were listening to it, we were talking about how like, that's just one guitar and one man. Yep. Like that's, I mean, and and I'm sure what I read about his um, takes is that, I mean, it was an improvised studio. We're lucky that we have anything by Robert Johnson because he only recorded twice ever. And so I'm sure this is just like one or two mics and just him and him and the guitar playing and that's how good he was that it comes out as good as it is 
I didn't know that about it, and that to me is insane. Oh yeah, I mean, um, I don't know how many like takes. You know, maybe he had multiple takes. That's that's fair. Let's give him that. But like, the he has two albums, and that's because he's only recorded twice. Like that's it. Right. That's insane. Um, two different sessions of guitars and improvised studios. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, wow, he really is fantastic. Um, uh, I also, it's a good example of good blues. Um, sometimes blues can be an acquired taste. Um, but for me, if you're in the mood to mourn and just wallow in misery, like just look up some blues. It is, it is a complete acceptance of, of misery yeah and it's also just it's got the swag man blue's got so much swag that is true um i don't know if you looked up lyrics and had any good good ones you want to talk about i got um, one if you want i like the you can run you can run yeah. go tell my friend billy brown i think that lyric just sounds so cool yeah i i um, I liked when he says, standing at the crossroad, tried to flag a ride. I tried to flag a ride. Didn't nobody seem to know me, babe. Everybody passed me by that. Like for me, that's like a perfect blues line because, um, what I read was crossroads beyond being like a place to make a deal with the devil. It is also like at that time that is where you pick up hitchhikers or where hitchhikers get picked up is crossroads because that's like your best chance of getting a, a ride and a and somebody actually passed by so it's just this epitome of like i went to the best spot to get picked up and even there i couldn't get like nobody wanted me oh that's good you know it's such a good he's i mean beyond being a fantastic guitar player it's also just great blues lyrically and uh and singing i mean he's got a great blues voice oh absolutely yeah no i think he's great i can't say anything against robert johnson except the the recordings are old like i would love to hear like modern robert johnson you know what i'm saying that's fair yeah i mean it's always something you want like a little bit clearer of I, I, well, for people who appreciate older music, I think there's a lot of like, man, if it was clear, a lot more people would realize how good this is. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I think. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I think this would have a much bigger following if people could under like could hear it. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you sit down and listen to it, if you really get yourself in the mood, I, I would definitely recommend anybody... Um, who hasn't to go check out the album that this is off of is called King of the Delta Blues Singers. Um, All of them are great. He does, while this song doesn't talk about the devil, he does have Me and the Devil Blues and Hellhound on My Trail, which continue his mythos. I think there's an argument in blues about whether or not he supported this whole idea of... um, he had to deal with the devil, you know, played it up or not. But um, those ones are like pretty, pretty like, yeah, I'm pals with the devil kind of songs or I'm, or I'm running from the devil because he's trying to get my soul. So 
Um, okay, and now we're going to move on to some modern music. I guess other songs have been modern too. Just, but uh, this one has been is going to be uh, "Devil's Whisper" by Rari. I didn't look up how to say his name. I think that's how you say it. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Um, yeah, "Devil's Whisper" by Rari. Had you heard this before, Kevin? No. Okay. I was just curious. Um, okay, well, go ahead and play it, and then we'll talk about it. This is the greatest and best song in the world. Tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here. We was hitchhiking down a long and lonesome road. Okay, that was Tribute by Tenacious D. Um, you can go ahead and talk about it since you're, you're the one that brought it. Uh, brought it up, Kev. Yeah, I I love this song. I think it's hilarious. I think it's incredibly well told. The story's kind of ridiculous, you know. Two guys are just hitchhiking in the desert, and the devil yeah. decides to approach them and says, "Play the best song in the world, or I'll eat your souls." Yeah. And then they just say, "Okay," and then they just play the best <laughs> song in the world. Like it's insane, but it's so well told. It's a weird story. But yeah. I think that's what makes Tenacious D special is their songs are very strange all of the time, but they're so well done that right. it seems masterful, you know? Yeah, they're very, they're very masterful in what, uh, yeah, what they're doing. Um, I think Dave Grohl played on this song too. Really? I think he plays the drums on it. I'm gonna fact check you real quick because I, we got. I know he's played on Tenacious D tracks, but I'm not sure about this one. But I think he did play on this one. Okay, I'm gonna fact check you because listeners at home, we got fact checked last time, and apparently Brady told a big fat lie. So, what did he say? Um, he said that. What was it? Oh, he said that um, the band Thrice had broken up. At one point, and they went on hiatus. They went on hiatus, but they did not break up. Yeah. So we were fact check hard about that one. Who? Brady thought they broke up. I think he was. I think he was. Uh, I think he misspoke. I think he was. Okay, just he was trying to say hiatus, but he said break up. Probably. Okay. I can't remember the exact uh, moment, and I also. Um, don't enjoy listening back to my own voice, so I didn't go back to it. I'm still, I'm still trying to find if. Oh, there's the personnel. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, great. Dave Grohl plays drum and rhythm guitar. Yep. And then, wow, that's crazy. The additional yeah. drum by Alfredo Ortiz. Probably session know. drummer. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Uh, okay. Sorry, I'm getting lost in this. We well, can um, hear his, you can hear his flams on the breakdowns on that song. They're a Dave Grohl. That's fair. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it again and listen to it with the mind the fact that um, Dave Grohl played it. Um, what I wanted to say, as is, um, 
Okay, as as goofy as Jack Black is, because I, I think of him just as like a goofy guy. Uh, it's the best movie for me to describe him. He has a fantastic voice. Oh, he's a, he's a great singer. I it's 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 odd if you're if you watch him acting not in School of Rock in School of Rock he sings a lot, but like it's it's like I would not picture that guy having a fantastic singing voice, but he does. He has a fantastic singing singing voice. Um, yeah. it's funny and brilliant song, uh, and it's interesting that it has it's like multiple movements it's not like a typical verse chorus song no. there's kind of movements in it it's very interesting yeah um great piece of music i also don't have a favorite lyric i have favorite um, lyrics you do? so one of my favorite lyrics is one and one makes two two and one makes three it's destiny i love that part <laughs> It, it gets me to smile every time I hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> you saying that. It's amazing. I love that. It's so strange, but it's so fun. And then I also love when uh, the devil says to them, be angels. And <laughs> Kyle and I said, nay, we are but men. Rock. <laughs> I love that part. I love the nay, we are but men. Rock. Like there's it's such a it, great moment it is he he conflates so many different types of accents and things and and it's 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 great because i mean it's i guess it's conflating in particular the fact that certain rock and roll genres are heavy on the fantasy motif and like yees and yays um and then like the uh, more devil worship music and um, and then just straight rock and he just like combines them all into such a strange line and I don't know his musicality is insane you know the yeah. amount of like music you would have to understand to write this song is pretty high level you know oh yeah uh, um, and I think his way he portrays the devil is so fun not just in this yeah. song, but in all. He he portrays the devil in a few other songs. This is the best one, but it's okay. just so funny. Um, I did want to say, like, I don't have a favorite lyric, but like, Jack Black rock rock and roll scatting, or what? I don't. I guess scatting is the best way to describe it, but it's like rock and roll. Yeah, that's my favorite thing ever. He does that um, often, but <laughs> it's just great every it's time. So funny. I don't know of another person who could get away with it to be honest like he gets away with it but it that is it's like that's some weird stuff man but it's, it's so hilarious. good though yeah I, it's good it's just yeah i don't even know it's have you watched their cover of um you never give me your money by the beatles no so they only play rhythm guitar and sing and so for the other yeah. instruments they just do the scatty vocal thing <laughs> that's amazing i'm gonna yeah. have to check that out now it's so funny it's so ridiculous and like the beatles like reposted on the facebook beatles page or whatever and paul mccartney reposted it just everyone was just sharing it because it was so funny yeah 
That is a great, funny song. Um, I wish I had a more transitiony song. I guess I don't know, but um, I love how they portray the devil in that song too. You know, it's just yeah. such like this comical character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very comical. He's got. I mean, he's doing a weird voice that isn't very scary at all. It's just weird. And like, it's great. It's a great song. Yeah, and I um, love the fact that they don't remember the song. Yeah. I I love that bit. It's like this isn't the greatest song in the world. It's just a tribute. Like like the claim that we made the we sang the greatest song in the world, but this isn't it. Like we're not gonna do it again. Can't remember, but we definitely did do it. It's- I feel like this song too is is kind of a nod to the first song that ever went down to Georgia because it's kind of this competitive vibe with the devil still, you know? Fair. Yeah. Yeah, it ties in, I would say. Especially um, the fact that there's um, a musical part to the devil. Right. Um, but uh, speaking of the devil in the in the road, I guess. I don't know how to get transition. Well, um, so speaking of making deals with the devil <laughs> yeah, in general the whole idea of the episode well the, the whole idea of doing it musically that's like true. the whole idea of modern music doing that this next song is that song yeah so we are gonna go back in the archives um did i write down when this was done might be able to look it up 1937 was when this the album for it was released Yep. All the way back to 1937. Um, we are going to do Crossroad Blues by Robert Johnson. Yep. Um, and yeah, as you said, like this is kind of where the idea started of of talking about deals with devils in music. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and play it, then we'll talk more about it. You better devil's whisper by rari um i didn't look up his name in the meantime so i we're just going to go with that pronounce pronunciation and if i'm wrong i'm wrong that's fine i'm fine being wrong that's fair um okay so i'll talk about it this is one i suggested so i'll talk a little bit about it um first uh what i think what comes to mind for me is like tribal music when i listen to it i don't know if you got that vibe but like the percussion and especially like the group vocal, how the group vocals are done sounds very reminiscent of tribal music to my ears. Did you get that at all? Yeah, I, I got a tribal, like a, a tribal music and a gospel music vibe from it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it is pretty gospel as well. Um, yeah. Hey, it's it's interesting because this is actually a response to an earlier song they made, God's Whisper, instead of Devil's Whisper. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah. Um, I realized after I put it on that it doesn't actually necessarily have a deal with the devil, I guess. Well, but, the devil's not really a character in it either. Well, I think he's supposed to be the devil in the first verse, but he doesn't explicitly say it, I think is what the idea is. I'm not sure. Um, well, actually, let's look, let's look it up real quick. Because I want to say that's right. Yeah, he's supposed to be the very first one where he says, young boy, trying to trying to rule the world I see. Well, young boy, I can give you everything, diamonds. Everything you touch can be golden. But first, you got to listen to me. That's all supposed to be from the, the perspective of the devil. Cool. Well, then there you yeah. go. Kind of a whisper. And that's like an offered deal. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's like an offered deal, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's a, it, I mean, it's, a catchy song i really like how catchy it is and the second verse is like all about resisting i, I like that it's about the resisting the urge to do evil like no matter what your definition of evil is like um just his whole response in that second verse is just like what are you talking about you you don't know what you're talking about um and, and i mean it it's spoken in that bravado that uh, is in Devil Went Down to Georgia with Johnny talking back to the devil sort of bravado. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I like it. What, what did you like about it? I liked the choirs on it. I thought they sounded really cool. Um, the, yeah. That part's cool. And I think the verses are catchy. They're good. Um, and I, I do like as well like the resistance aspect of him just being like you know i don't want to i don't i don't i'm not down with the devil type of thing yeah yeah and i like um i like uh my my favorite lyric i wrote down here is i'm not trying to be a preacher i was never a Rembrandt, but i can take your ass to church and show you glimpses of heaven you better run um it's just i mean it's a great like I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, uh, but I can show you like, but I can give you some advice that's like um, gonna sh gonna show you how to live and and be happy, which is um, very interesting. I was looking a little bit further into it, and I guess he had a a collaborator and friend who died, who preached. Um, some stuff that that he was like referencing specifically but um i just like that he's yeah he's just like i can give you a, 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 you don't have to be preacher or reverend to um show you that that being uh, choosing choosing good um i want to say choose the right because because of, of my upbringing but <laughs> yeah um, no, choose the right works though i mean yeah like right. if, if you choose the right then like you will be happy um often uh doing what's considered uh evil in in general and i would say evil not like bad um because i don't want to get in an argument about what makes people feel good but like 
your life definitely can go quickly downhill if you're choosing wrong choices, I guess. Yeah, for sure. If you're like choosing the immoral. I think one thing I like about his that is something I actually worried about when I put out my album is that I don't know that I'm clear enough in my album like hey this is a bad idea like don't you know don't do bad things um and so i like that he's very clear about that like don't do don't do bad things you know yeah even Um, being a devil character he's like no yeah uh and i mean to soothe your fears i think you did pretty clear uh say that that the main character ended the girl's life in one of the songs so i don't think I don't think it. I, I think uh, I think people get the picture. I don't know. Okay, good. I I mean I don't know. You know you never know. And maybe people only listen to all that you want, and they're like, "Ooh, that sounds great," you know, or whatever. <laughs> That's fair. You gotta listen to the whole album. All right, yeah. people. Not just the song we played. The whole album. It's a good album, um, I'd say. I some people say it's the best album of the year. People are saying. People are saying. Are those are those people you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think it's. I think. Uh, Nurture by Porter Robinson is the best album of the year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. People there, there people are know. people who are saying it though. Okay. I'm hearing it I'm hearing it in circles, you know, the word on the street. The word on the street. I see. I don't know what street, but there is a street that does that. So Yep. And there okay. pe- people are saying it. <laughs> uh in general, Rari is a great artist. Uh, definitely go check him out. I was telling um, Kev during the while we were listening to the song in between uh, that he's got a song with Tom Morello actually, um, which is really it's a really good one. Um, which I recommend people check out that as well. Uh, this song just fit the theme better, so I chose this one. Um, yeah. Okay. Did you have a favorite lyric? I I don't think I asked. No, not really. I mean, I like the first verse a lot. The kind of like, I like the reference to Midas. I think that's interesting because that's not like a specific deal with the devil, but I like how he like incorporates that into the devil mythos. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's a really good song. I mean, got a lot of, um, it's really solid and, and well done production wise, I think. Yeah. Oh, the production on it sounds great. Yeah. There, there are um, a few things I would change, but for the most part, I really like it. All right. All right. Producer over here. Sorry. No, I, I, it's, it's weird. I can't get it out of my head. I like whenever <laughs> I listen to a song, I like think, oh, that's one thing I would have like done differently. I like, I want to give a note, even though I know these people aren't listening to my notes. Yeah. Well, I guess that's fair. I, I can, I, I would hate that, um, but I know people get annoyed with me when I talk about civil. Well, people. My wife gets annoyed if I um, critique something that people did civil engineering wise. So it's uh, yeah. When you when you work at it a lot, sometimes you can't help but get out. But I can focus on that part of it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm exactly in that. Um, all right, let's move to uh, I'm gonna do a Kendrick Lamar song. I have resisted making ev- having one on every episode thus far, 
but he has such a good representation of the devil on all right that I had to include it. And I mean, it's an interesting representation, I guess, not like the best ever, but I don't know. Quick Uh, question before you do this. uh Your last episode was on punk. Uh How were you going to have a Kendrick song on a punk playlist? I would have figured it out, Kevin. Okay. Okay. Um, No, that's fair. I guess punk would have been hard to fix Kendrick in, I suppose. But he's fantastic and should everyone should listen to. uh, Yeah, everyone should listen to Kendrick. Let's listen to him right now. All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life I hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. Right, nigga, we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? All right, that was well, that was all right by Kendrick Lamar. Um, it's a great song. It's uh, it's a great rallying song. I I didn't realize because um, where I lived at the time there weren't a lot of protests to go to, but uh, the original Black Lives Matters protest back in 2015, this was the rallying song that they would sing. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know um, that. Yeah, so they, especially the chorus or the "We Gonna Be All Right," they would all kind of sing that, and I feel like it just exemplifies the resiliency of the black community in America. Like, we gonna be all right. Like, no matter what happens, be all right. You know, I just love that. I don't know. Um. I also want to mention that in the story of the album, this comes right after the song You, where he like is talking to himself in a mirror and really hates himself and like talks about suicide and all this stuff. And then this comes on. It's kind of a I mean it's a left turn. I don't know. It's a it's a great song. It's a great song. What did what do you like about it? I mean it's I think his verses are phenomenal on it. I think the chorus is really, really catchy. Pharrell just, I, I'm guessing Pharrell wrote the choruses because I see he's a songwriter on it. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, that was yeah. brilliant. Really good writing there. I mean, Kendrick's, I think to pimp, a but, to pimp a butterfly is probably Kendrick's best to work, in my opinion. And okay. this is a good, like, standout track from that. I it think is walls might be my favorite on this album, but all right, dope. Yeah, these I, I have a hard time picking a favorite off that album. So what's who, who's the devil in this? I couldn't figure that out. I'm trying to. Oh yeah, so it's the beginning of I believe it's the second verse. Let me pull up the lyrics just so I don't get them wrong. But. Um, let's see here. Verse two. What you want? A house? Of, what you want? You a house? A guitar? Well, I get the ding web page. Okay. 
house, a, guitar, a car, 40 acres and a mule, a piano, a guitar, anything. See, my name is Lucy. I'm your dog. You can live at the mall. So Lucy is for Lucifer. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, and then Kedrick uh, responds, I can see the evil. I can tell that I know it's illegal. Yeah. Um, it's super interesting because the first song on the album, oh shoot, what's it called? Um, anyways, the first song on the album, uh, there's Uncle, or the character is Uncle Sam says these words too. And then like, um, or is it Uncle Sam or record no i think it's uncle sam anyways it's just like i'm gonna give you all this great stuff like it's kendrick it goes through two different phases in the album one is where he's uh it's fame and then it's the devil who's characterized by lucy short for lucifer right um and it's kind of great that it's snuck in in this like fun I mean, it's like a fun song. It's got like a bouncy beat, you know, like yeah, production wise. And then he sneaks in like, yeah, Lucy tempted me, and I like just totally went along with it, like because he says you can you can live in the mall, and then he's just like, I know it's evil. I can tell. I know it's illegal. I don't think about it. I deposit every other zero, and just goes along with it because this is fa- him falling into temptation. So, and, and I guess it's not necessarily a deal, but kind of like, I'm going to get you rich for, um, if you fall into your temptations sort of deal. That's so cool. I really like how he just like slips it in. It's not like super noticeable, like listening to it. Cause I've listened to the song a couple times, yeah. uh, but I've never noticed that part. it's yeah i don't know if i would have noticed had it not been for um dissect podcast which uh, the dissect podcast which is a podcast i listen to that like deep dives into albums um but i mean if i i think if i had studied the lyrics maybe i would have caught on to it um but it's not something you'd go and study i think right off because all right so fun and bouncy i don't think you immediately like this is probably a really deep song but that's the great thing about kendrick is they're all deep <laughs> they're all they're all meaningful um do you have a favorite lyric or um from this song yeah i think the ending lyric is really good when he is kind of doing that self-reflecting that I remember you was conflicted, misused in your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power, full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Just yeah. like that whole ending verse thing is awesome. Oh, yeah, it's a great poem. Um, and he, he continues it through the album. I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that part of it is great. Yeah, the uh, whole song is cool. I like the 40 Acres and a Mule thing because I think that's just such a classic um, reference that I hear in a lot of hip-hop and I like going into reference. I think it's just like a cool historical thing too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's so meaningful for the history of America in relation to African-Americans and us promising, I, I mean, not us, I guess, not me, but white. <laughs> did, white did you promise them, Zach? Did you I promise did not them 40 acres I, and a mule and you didn't I put them on that promise? I couldn't promise myself 40 acres and a mule. I'm so, that, that would be. How dare you, so much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just, you know, the leaders of America who, uh, have been white for majority of it. Yeah. Promising stuff. And then going back on that promise, right. Very sad and very, uh, typical thing. So, um, a couple of things I did like, there are a couple of different lyrics I liked. I couldn't pick just one. So I picked two. Um, I like that. He says reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heavy. Because you think about that, and that's two different religious ideas coming together. He's talking about karma, but also reaping everything I sow is a biblical. It's off the biblical, off uh, biblical verse, right? Um, and then he, when he says Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up, but if God got us, then we gonna be all right. I um, at first was like because i'm dumb i was just like oh he must have a friend named nazareth um <laughs> but i love that like he's talking about he's com- he's comparing like himself and the town of nazareth where jesus grew up because it was considered like a really dirty and uh uh as dirty as dirty or the right word I don't know, just like a poor place and nothing good comes out of it is sort yeah. of the vibe. And Kendrick associates himself with Compton so much that he's like, like Compton, Nazareth are kind of talked about in similar, um, similar ways. Um, but such great stuff has come out of these towns that are, you know, talked about like they're so evil and um, bad. That's cool. I, don't know. I, I loved it. Yeah. No, that's a really great insight. I think it's awesome. Yeah, man. Kendrick's great. I love his stuff. Um, I'm excited for whatever's coming next. I don't know what it is, but wasn't he supposed to release an album this year? I thought like that was the rumor. The rumor was it was this year, and then um, somebody from his record label, Top Dog, said, "You guys ain't ready for Kendrick." and it got pushed i don't know when it's coming out uh i am excited for whenever it is but i don't know when yeah, same. yeah i think pimp is probably my favorite project of his for sure though i like Pimp. um i really like the one the good kid mad city good mad city it's that one i like listening to as a whole i guess to pimp a butterfly has like such great individual songs it's good as a whole too and then um damn it took like i don't think i would have gotten how deep his album damn was if it wasn't for dissect podcast like i said i said kind of the same thing about all right but i think really if i had looked at the lyrics i probably could have gotten there on to pimp a butterfly um it was just nice to have somebody else do it but like 
his album damn like goes in far into this like you'd have to you have to research stuff you know like it's deep right and he's so smart he's crazy intelligent oh for sure for sure very intelligent dude um that's interesting your your view on like good kid mad city versus to pimp a butterfly because i would almost say the opposite thing where like anytime i listen like right now listening to all right from to pimp a butterfly i'm like well now i have to go back and listen to the whole album again because oh really it makes me just like want to listen to the whole album again whereas other albums of his i'm like oh yeah i like this song you know I think for me, it's because Good Kid, Mad City is it more straightforwardly put together as like you could. It, in my mind's eye, I can see the movie that it's trying to portray. Right. Like the different sound effects that he uses. I don't know. And so for me, it's like I'm going to listen to it and it's almost like watching a movie. Oh, interesting. My head plays it immediately. I don't know. That's what it is for me. That's cool. It's interesting because, like, <coughs> I think the album that's most like that for me is Because the Internet. By yeah. Gambino. But that was a good example. Like, those songs, like, if you look at the lyrical content, it doesn't immediately become clear, like, oh, these are, like, part of, like, some grand story. But I think once you've read the screenplay, like, a company with the music, you can't disassociate them, you know? Yeah, well, that was uh, what child, what um, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino was going for, was a multimedia approach. He wanted people to interact with his art more than just listen to singles and stuff. It's interesting the ways some artists um, approach that because, like Beyonce was like, just an album's not enough. I'm gonna do a visual album. She like pioneered that. And then, like, yeah, Donald Glover did the screenplay, and there was a short film that came out before it. And then right. he went, like, if there was something, can't remember the exact story, but I know it was like you had to look at the code behind his webpage, and then you could unlock, like, a secret track or something. Like, he went deep. <laughs> he went deep into it. Did you talk about that with Cody at all? Because I know he knows that lore really well. No, maybe I'll um, bring him on another time and talk about it because I love Childish Gambino. Oh, um, yeah. I think a whole podcast just on Childish Gambino could be dope. For sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it's out there somewhere. But oh, I'm sure. It's a great idea. But yeah, an episode on Childish Gambino makes sense. He's such an interesting individual. He is. He's great. Um, Kendrick's okay. great too, though. I'm not going to diss on Kendrick. No, definitely not. I, they're both, they're both great. Every, people can be great. Everyone can be great. <laughs> yeah, I think my uh, favorite like hip hop artist though is Andre 3000. Like even above those guys. You like Andre 3000? As far as I rapper, think, yeah. I think my favorite is um, is Kendrick. I like a lot though. So. Sometimes it can be hard for me to pick. J. Cole's really good. J. Cole is um, good. Yeah. I actually like Kanye a lot. I think Kanye's masterful. I know. He's um 
he's such an ass, but he is very good. So yeah. it can be hard. Uh, I talk about, I think I've talked about that a couple of times now on this podcast, but yeah, he's, he's such a difficult personality that I get why people have a hard time listening to his music, but he does have, he does have good music. Like it's hard to deny that. Yeah. His music's great. Well, I mean, Taylor Swift, I think, does some really toxic stuff, too, but her music's phenomenal. I'm not going to touch that because I don't know anything about Taylor Swift's life. So. Don't worry about it. Uh, we, we shouldn't touch it. Okay. Uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, we're going to move on to the last uh, segment, last song. Uh, I always try and end on one for my wife. I call this for my wife. Uh, me and my wife don't always have the same... Uh, musical taste i don't expect anyone to have the exact same one as me i guess but uh i love her and want to have a song for her at the end of every episode of this little podcast so that's so sweet oh thanks i'm i'm the sweet i'm the best husband ever probably um, i've i've heard that from on the streets like people are saying you're the best husband yeah, ever. i think yeah somebody definitely said that and yeah. um i don't know if it was me or not but i'm pretty sure it was somebody so yeah yeah um <laughs> anyways uh I, it was kind of hard finding one where there was like a deal with the devil that i know for sure my wife likes um so i picked bohemian rhapsody by queen it's not necessarily i don't even think there's a deal i don't even think i could stretch and say there's a deal but there is it a mention of demon and demons in there well a, one demon i guess specifically uh and i mean it's a great song uh it's a classic probably not going to be able to say any groundbreaking stuff about it but uh let's go ahead and listen to it is this the real life is this just fantasy caught in a landslide no escape from reality open your eyes Look up to the skies and see. I'm just a And that was Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. A classic song. I mean, I don't know. If if you haven't heard that, you must be like two years old. I don't know how anyone could have skipped that song. Uh, but for good reason. I mean, it's a classic song. It's fantastic showcases the band's full range i think musicality and um i mean freddie mercury's singing the guitar playing drumming um i think it ties back into your uh pop rust and and uh opera pop sort of idea that behind your latest because uh, they fit in the opera. I th this is off the album A Night at the Opera, right? Like that's yes. the name of the album? Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, so they just like break in the middle and just do a little opera. I mean, and it I'm, worked. I, I wouldn't call it opera, but they do do interesting singing. You know, opera like it's to, it's to remind you of opera, I guess. Um. But I don't know. I just I, I could say so much nice stuff about this song. It's a it's great. You shouldn't skip it because 
yeah, I mean, you give it, I, I think, I think the moment to skip it is if you're not in the mood to sing the entire song full volume or do some crazy lip sync where you're very animated. Because the moment this comes on, you got to do something. It's, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you have to say about it, Kev? I agree with that a lot. That the only time you should skip this song is if you're not in the mood to just fully appreciate it. Yeah. But in general, you should just not skip it because it's a phenomenal piece of music. I love, I love the song. I don't, um, I think it's interesting because it shows the full range of like the singers in the band. Cause, um, like basically everyone in the band could sing and yeah. they do sing on that like middle part. Because like that high yeah. voice isn't Freddie Mercury, um, right? Is the, the drummer? Part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They they are all great singers. I forgot. Yeah, they're all phenomenal vocalists, which is what makes I think all their music so good is that they're. It's just a band full of awesome vocal talent, and I mean Freddie Mercury, no denying him. Of course, he does amazing stuff on the first part and the last part of the song. And I think the song's really cool in that this part is kind of his, you know, descent into madness or descent into hell or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and I think the portrayal of the devil in that, like calling out Beelzebub has a devil for a sign for me. is just such an interesting, it's such like an epic part of the song although the song is just all epic parks i guess yeah you know yeah i like the way that they call out um beelzebub and um i think it's interesting that it's not immediately apparent what's going on and like it takes a few listens because i definitely i mean i've listened to the song i couldn't even pinpoint a time when i started listening to the song it's been around my whole life yeah um my, I mean, my mom, my mom loves Queen, so she played it growing up and stuff. But um, yeah, it took a while for me to like go into the lyrics and realize like, yeah, it's like a descent into madness and him running away from uh, killing a person. Yeah, it's a crazy song, lyrically. Yeah, absolutely. It It delves into a lot of musical traditions in really cool and interesting ways, for sure. Yeah. The classic example that you don't have to do verse chorus verse chorus to have a hit song. Right. Um, For sure. Uh, favorite lyric. I like mama life had just begun, but now I've gone and thrown it all away. Um, it's such power. It, it was powerful, I guess is why I picked that. It's just like life had just begun and now I've thrown it all away. I don't know. It hit. Yeah, that's a great line. I like I like that line a lot. I also really like the uh so you think you can love me and leave me to die. Yeah. That's a good line too. That is a fantastic line. Yeah. I just like the rage at the end. It's so cool. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean and very ex- exemplified by the the rock behind it. Um that's another great thing about it. It's like the mood 
the music matches the mood it's such a great song so- oh no it's definitely a good song it's funny because um i've heard some people talk about like oh like what when the movie bohemian rhapsody came on which it's a good movie except for the fact that you know they distort a lot of history in it to make yeah. the rest of the band seem better <laughs> which is so weird i don't know yeah it's it's weird anyway okay we don't have to get too much into it. if you want to know some stuff i'm willing to share but <laughs> maybe not this episode maybe have you been like talking about queen i don't know I'll, I'll uh just give you a, a little preface into it the movie was so like so much distorted the personality of freddie mercury that the original actor they approached to play freddie mercury wouldn't do it because he felt it was too much of a disgrace to the legacy of freddie mercury interesting yeah yeah i mean as a movie i definitely didn't take it as like this is what happened i it's uh i don't know how many people did um i think that's just me approaching any uh fictionalized biography i don't know i think as soon as like the like let's like make some music was like cut together like the music came together and uh, i don't know the way they cut it together is just like now we're gonna add a guitar part and we immediately have it i mean sometimes that happens but like just the way they cut it together was like it it was it would they were magical yeah, I, I, I didn't like that they portrayed Freddie as effeminate. That's the part that bugged me. I see. Because well, he's an incredibly masculine individual. Well, I don't know too much about Freddie Mercury. So yeah. I'm going to have to take your word for it. If you think Kevin's wrong, uh, tell him. Go for it. If you, if you think I'm wrong, go watch like any Freddie Mercury interview. Or watch any live performance of Freddie Mercury and tell me that's an effeminate dude. <laughs> there you go. Because he yeah. has so much just like masculine energy. All right. Like that's he's the fair. type of dude that's getting on other dudes. That's how straight he is. <clears throat> anyway. Straight he is? Yeah. He's so straight that he he has to have sex with men. That's oh, okay. I see. I get it now. Yeah, that's how straight he is. That's how masculine he is. Getting on with other dudes had me lost. I, I, for some reason, that did not. Oh, sorry. I should have been more clear. Yeah, he was so masculine that he had to have sex with men. And he had to have sex with men. Okay, that's how masculine he was. No, so but after the movie came out, I remember people saying to me, "Oh, you could never release a song that long." or like that different nowadays. And it made yeah. me chuckle because like right after they said that the album Astro World by Travis Scott came out and it had like a seven minute song that was a top 10 single. So yeah. Like, uh, I, think people, I think people always think that long songs are not going to make it, but it just has to be, it's just hard to keep, uh, keep it good for that long. I think for some artists, but yeah I don't know. there's plenty of great songs that are that long oh yeah for sure and Longer. like i think rock had kind of like a weird period where 
the classic people in rock wouldn't allow it to like experiment and progress. I think it has happened like a few times, but it's definitely happened recently. And that hip hop is allowed to kind of experiment and progress. So I think Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody is interesting because it shows a time when rock was allowed to be whatever it wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an encapsulation of a time that was very experimental and queen because experimental can be good, but it also can turn very weird and hard to listen to. And Queen was really good at writing the line of experimental, but very good, very listenable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely something they excelled at. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that I think this song reached its highest point in the U.S. charts after Wayne's World came out. You know, that, I don't, I didn't know that, but that feels right because that was, it was everywhere after Wayne's World. Right, because the U.S., like, initially with a lot of Queen's music, they were just not having it. Because the U.S. was so homophobic back then. Well, yeah, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's such a great guy. <clears throat> oh yeah, the whole band was phenomenal. And they're they're still I mean they still perform really well. So well great song though. Great song. Yeah, great song. song. You know now that we've gone over uh deals with demons and music, um you have officially signed the contract to have your soul uh as long as you listen to don't skip this one. So continuing to listen to this podcast and then you can have your soul back thanks so, for thank having you. me on zach yeah thanks for thanks. thanks to kevin our demonology expert thank you for joining me um yeah you got your degree right in demonology and stuff isn't that yeah, yeah that's, really- that's economics demonology love of money is the root of all evil i got my degree in economics so i got my degree in demonology there you go yeah. <laughs> Pride is the devil. Thinks she's got a hold on me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what would you like our fellow music nerds out there to go check out? What do you got? You, I know you got, I mean, the album we've talked about. You've got Christmas song that just came out. Yep. Um, and then uh, anything else to check out? Um. Yeah. I would just say make sure to follow me on Instagram and YouTube to be informed on kind of new stuff coming out because I'll be I'll be releasing a lot of stuff this next year as well that I'm really excited about. Okay. Um, and it's your Instagram's K N Bessie. Yeah. yeah. K N B E S S E Y, and then okay. my YouTube is just my name. Okay. And help me get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube so I can get money from YouTube. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Go follow Kevin on YouTube. He talks about uh, music there as well. Um, and it's my favorite thing to talk about. It's talk it's fun to talk about. I uh, love talking about music. Okay. So you got projects you're planning on coming out next year? Yeah. Um I've got a few 
EPs with Harley in our um in our duo called Jack Jack that or Jock Jock. It's just J A Q J A Q, but we haven't released anything yet. But we have a few projects coming up next year, and then I should have a really sad um, album that I've been working on come out next year as well. So oh, perfect, twenty twenty two, the year of the sad album by Kevin. Yep, so yep. That's what it'll be remembered by, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think everyone's gonna remember twenty twenty two like fifty years from now is oh man, remember twenty twenty two? That's when Kevin came out with his really, really sad album. <laughs> where he talks about killing himself in like three different songs. Yeah, definitely gonna be what everyone remembers twenty twenty two. Woof. All right. <laughs> okay, Dill. Gotta end on a sad note. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dude, thanks thank again for having you. me on, though. I yeah, thank you for coming fun. on. Um, thanks for sticking around, fellow music nerds. Uh, keep keep it real. I've never said that before. Never mind. I don't know what I'm... Just well, I'm, What is your sign-off? What do you say? I Usually I say thanks for sticking around, fellow... Or, well, I've been saying music nerds, but then Brady was like, you need to put fellow in there, or else it sounds like you're making fun of them. So... I said thanks for sticking around, fellow music nerds. Oh, I like it. That's a good outro. Yeah. Now that we've talked about it, uh, cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>